Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. After a snowstorm sweeps through western Connecticut, a mother of three suddenly goes missing. It wasn't like her to simply abandon her children, not tell anybody where she was going. In the hunt to find her, investigators battle extreme weather. It was below freezing. You could come down with hypothermia in a half hour or less under the right conditions. And what they find will lead them down a grisly path. It looked like a clump of fabric and maybe some shreds of paper and then some hair. Could Mother Nature ultimately be detectives' ally in their quest for justice? Based on the weather at that time, it helped the case immensely. In western Connecticut along the Housatonic River and just 75 miles north of New York City sits the small community of Newtown. It's the quintessential New England town, a big church, main street with little stores. It's very quiet. It's kind of a wonderful rural area. There's some rivers and some small lakes that are part of a hydroelectric dam system in the region. One of those small lakes is Lake Zor a reservoir on the river that borders four towns, Monroe, Newtown, Oxford, and Southbury. Lake Zor is a man-made lake. It was created when the dams were built on the Housatonic River for the hydroelectric plants in the beginning of the 20th century. The region enjoys mild weather most of the year, but their winters can be highly unstable. Anything could happen at any time. It just depends on the weather patterns. Along with nor'easters moving up the East Coast, Western Connecticut can get slammed by the Siberian Express. The Siberian Express basically is just a big Arctic air mass. Of course, it originates in the Arctic, comes down across Canada, and then into the lower 48 United States. Temperatures can also suddenly drop, and winds pick up speed with the passage of a low-pressure system called an Alberta Clipper. The Alberta Clipper comes out of Alberta province and drives down to the southeast and usually moves pretty quickly. They frequently go below freezing, sometimes below zero. The weather in the winter becomes very unpredictable. It's not unusual to see a major snowstorm once a week. And these storms can start as early as November and last well into April. And in November 1986, that's exactly what happened when an Alberta clipper hit the area, dumping six inches of snow overnight with wind gusts of up to 40 miles per hour. The heavy wet snow and northeast breeze took down a number of power lines and tree limbs. Uh, there was reportedly 210,000 customers in Connecticut without power as a result of this storm, which at that time was the third largest number of power outages due to the weather.
More than a month after the big snowstorm, detectives from the Connecticut State Police have just arrived to the icy shore of Lake Zor. They have reason to believe there is evidence that might help solve a missing persons case, one that has perplexed investigators for the last month, the disappearance of 39-year-old Hella Crafts. Born on July 7, 1947, Hella Lork Nielsen was an only child who grew up in Copenhagen, Denmark. Vivacious and friendly, Hella was also very bright and showed an eagerness to learn. By the time she was 20, the blonde beauty spoke five languages and turned heads wherever she went. She was a very beautiful woman, a very attractive woman, a very nice and loving person. Wanting to see the world, at age 22, Hella applied as a stewardess for Pan Am and was sent to Florida for training. That's when she first caught the eye of a man who would change her life forever, 31-year-old Richard Crafts. Richard grew up in Darien, Connecticut. He attended school one year at University of Connecticut, and then he joined the military and became a pilot. One of Richard's jobs earlier in his career was as a pilot for Air America and Air America was believed to be an arm of the CIA during the Vietnam era. Returning to the United States in 1966, Richard had no trouble finding work and became steadily employed as a pilot for Eastern Airlines in 1968. Nearly a decade between them in age, neither Hella nor Richard seemed to mind as the sparks flew, although their professions could make it difficult. Richard's schedule was New York to Florida, his main route as a pilot. And Hella's schedule could have been anywhere internationally when flying with Pan Am. Despite their hectic schedules, Hella and Richard's relationship deepened. In 1975, after dating for six years, Hella became pregnant, and that November, she and Richard wed. Hella gave birth to a son, and the young family settled in Newtown, Connecticut, just 25 miles north of Richard's hometown. They've had a fairly modest house in Newtown. Richard always had some extra toys lying around, whether it be trucks or machinery or whatever. During the next five years, the Crafts family expanded with two more children, a boy and a girl, and the two embraced parenthood. Richard even took on an added role in his community. He worked part-time as a volunteer police officer in both the Southbury and Newtown Police Departments. Which was a non-paid position. They would come in, they would either ride with a regular officer, or they would ride together in vehicles and they would do things like school and vacant house checks. But between the three children and their careers, it was a lot to handle. To help out, Hella and Richard decided to hire a live-in nanny. The schedules of pilots and flight attendants changed drastically. There had to be some extra support in the house because you've got three kids, 10, six, and five, and they needed to be picked up at school or taken to school or taken to doctor's appointments. And so this was the support that they came up with to help Hella run the house. By 1986, the Crafts seemed to have it all. They were living, from all outward appearances, a fairly normal life. Until November 18th, when Hella suddenly vanished after a snowstorm. Now, six weeks later, investigators are at Lake Zor in the dead of winter, looking for clues in her disappearance. 
it's just investigators kind of shoulder to shoulder, walking, looking, anything looking out of place, looking abnormal, anything worth further inquiry. They were out there. It was below freezing most of the time. They had piles of snow over the debris along the river. They're in a battle to try and, if there is any evidence here, to keep it from getting destroyed. That's when they find something that breathes new life into a dying investigation. It became apparent that there was something really serious going on here. Police have no idea that what they've found is just the beginning of what will become the most notorious and bizarre case Newtown has ever seen. It's so horrific, it's just incomprehensible that you could imagine this kind of scenario. And that launched a long, very long, cold, two-week adventure on the riverbank. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. In December 1986, during freezing temperatures and icy conditions, state police are at Lake Soar in Newtown, Connecticut, hoping to find a clue into missing 39-year-old Hella Crafts. Police walk the shores of the lake, looking for anything that might be connected to the case. But after their initial pass, they come up empty. They even bring in a canine unit, but the weather hinders the dog's sense of smell. 
we got the cold, the ice, the covering, all that is really gonna be detrimental to the dogs. Some of the basic methods that we used didn't work. Then after hours of searching through snow and ice, they come across something unusual. It looked like mail. And part of the fragments actually was a return address which pointed back to Helicrafts and, and the Craft residents. It's a major discovery in their missing persons case. This was the first real connection. There's no reason that should be down on the riverbank. Over the next several days, the search expands and they bring in tents and portable heaters to help thaw the ground and melt the snow and ice. It was very cold and the ground was frozen hard. And then it's just boots, galoshes, shovels, pickaxes, rakes, and just this really long process of melting down, scooping up every bit of dirt, debris, and leaves. It's the last place investigators expected to be when this case was started a month ago. As the area buckled down for another cold winter day, a private investigator named Keith Mayo came into the station. He told police that his client, 39-year-old Hella Crafts, had been missing since November 18th, the night of a major snowstorm. Keith Mayo advised the PD that he had been hired by Mrs. Crafts' friends to look into her disappearance. They believed foul play was involved. Keith explained that just a few months before, in September, Hella had hired him to spy on her 49-year-old husband, Richard. She believed that her husband was not being faithful. According to Keith, his investigation showed Hella's suspicions were correct. Richard Crafts was having an affair with a woman in New Jersey, and he had photographs, and he presented them to Hella, which pretty much spurred on her interest in, in getting a divorce. Keith said that Hella's co-workers from Pan Am reached out to him when no one had seen her for almost two weeks. And they started calling around, have you heard from her, have you talked to her? He bluntly told police that he suspected her husband Richard had something to do with her disappearance. He even went so far as to accuse him of killing her. No one knew where she was, and there was a high level of concern among her friends. Keith Mayo demanded an investigation. Mayo was very insistent that this was a murder, it should be investigated as a murder. But Mayo's claims were shocking, especially since Richard was well known to Newtown police. Richard was an auxiliary police officer. There was no reason to believe Richard wasn't an outstanding member of the community. He was an airline pilot. He volunteered his time for the police department. Nonetheless, they gave it their full attention. Anybody can claim anything at any time about any other person, but as a police officer, it's incumbent that you trust but verify the information that you're given. They checked their records and oddly found no missing persons report on file for Hella. The fact that Richard did not report her missing was of great interest to the authorities. They thought it was unusual. Richard was summoned to the police department by our detective bureau. The next day, Richard sat down with detectives. Richard didn't appear to the police initially to be overly worried or nervous or on edge about these issues. He confirmed that Hella was dropped off by coworkers around 6 p.m. on the night of November 18th. She had come home, they had had dinner, 
and they'd gone to bed. And that was it. He said that night they got a big snowstorm. The precipitation didn't start until about 10 o'clock. And as the precipitation came down heavier, the temperature dropped, got closer to freezing, and there was a changeover and uh, mixing with, at times, with heavy, wet snow, which at times came down at the rate of five or six inches of snow in Newtown and Southbury. Trees came down, people lost power, they lost electricity, there was no warmth. Homes were cold, and it was a total mess. He claimed that the next morning, just before dawn, when he woke, the power was out and Hella was gone. He told the police that she had left and he didn't know where she was. Richard said he decided to take everyone to his sister's house 20 miles south in Westport. Richard's sister still had power, so he wanted to take the kids and the babysitter to his sister's house where they would be able to stay warm and eat and function while there was no power at the house in Newtown. When asked where he thought his wife might be, Richard claimed she could be anywhere. His argument was that, you know, my wife flies all over the world. And the potential existed that, you know, she may have had a boyfriend was, was Mr. Kraft's belief and that she would return when she felt like it. According to Richard, that's why he didn't report her missing. He said something like he would be embarrassed. It turned out that she had taken off on him. Could Hella have suddenly left her life behind after discovering her husband's affair? Or was something more sinister at play? We really don't have any proof yet that anything horrible happened to her. The winter weather will be key to helping investigators solve this mystery. Without the snowstorm, there would have been no case. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hella Crafts has been missing for six weeks when investigators from the Connecticut State Police find small pieces of material and fragments of her mail on the frozen shores of Lake Zor. 
The weather hindered the process, going through the snow, uh, the ability to move around freely. It was below freezing most of the time. It was really hard, 12, 13 hours a day, just being in this really cold environment. It didn't back off at all. I mean, Mother Nature was brutal. Investigators have put up tents and set up portable heaters to melt the icy debris. It was a struggle with melting through what was there and trying to find evidence, which slowly began coming forward as what appeared to be hairs. And it was consistent in color with what Helicraft's, you know, lighter color hair was. Detectives learned the hair is in fact human head hair and are now filled with more questions. How would this clump of fibrous material and hair and what looks to be maybe shredded mail, how does that end up along the bank of Lake Zor? Police send divers to search the icy waters of the lake, hoping to find answers, but the weather isn't helping. It's much more difficult to search in cold water because they cannot stay in the water that long. You could come down with hypothermia in a half hour or less under the right conditions. Despite the challenges, police have a feeling they're getting closer to solving the disappearance of helicrafts. After investigators spoke with Hella's husband, Richard Crafts, they wondered if perhaps Hella left on her own accord. We contacted Mrs. Crafts' employers to inquire of her scheduling and if anyone at Pan Am had, had spoken with her, which they had not. We contacted the Danish consulate, who in turn contacted Mrs. Crafts' family. They had not heard from her. They decided to question the couple's live-in nanny. She was about 20 years old or so, graduated high school, just kind of a typical girl who was looking for a position that would provide her some money. Police asked her about the night of the storm on November 18th. According to the nanny, she arrived after midnight and went straight to bed, never seeing Hella, but was awakened early the next morning by Richard. He wakes the house up and very hurriedly trying to get everybody in the car and on the road because the power was out and they had to get going. He was very insistent upon that, that they go right away. The nanny backed up Richard's account that he took them to his sister's home in nearby Westport, but then she said he left. Richard advised the family that Hella would follow later and that he had to go home to clear the driveway clear trees. She didn't feel it was strange at the time. But when the family returned home a couple of days later and Hella had not shown up, she asked Richard and his story kept changing. He replies that she had to leave to go back to, to Denmark. She was going to visit a sick relative. She was working. There were several different reasons she was told that Hella wasn't at home. The nanny also said she noticed something strange in the couple's bedroom. The bedroom carpeting was missing, and she thought it was odd that it was during this storm that Richard had decided to remove the carpeting from the bedroom. To police, Richard's behavior seemed very suspicious. Your mind starts to race with different theories. And with missing carpet, of course, number one is, was it stained? Was it bloody? was a body wrapped up in the carpeting. 
and disposed of that way. They asked Richard to come in and take a polygraph, and he agreed. During the polygraph, Richard was calm, cool, and precise in his answers. Do you know where Hella is? Uh, no, I don't. Did you kill Hella? No, I didn't. And Richard passed. It set some of the police back in Newtown saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? In 86, they were still somewhat primitive, not as technologically advanced or computerized as they are today. Detectives didn't know what to think. He's cooperating with police. He's offering whatever explanations he can. He took the lie detector test. So this was a really strange investigation. One day, there's no doubt in our mind he killed her, and the next day, we were doubting it again. Police are about to get several big pieces of the puzzle into what happened to Hella Crafts, thanks to the weather. There was a development in the case that made it all come together. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It has been three weeks since Helicraft's husband, Richard, passed a polygraph, and detectives were starting to doubt his guilt with his wife's disappearance. For the next several weeks, they continued to try to find clues into where Hella could have gone. We were conducting inquiries into her banks, her bank accounts, and credit cards to find that there was no activity anywhere. We just continued to investigate and look for any evidence. Police also spoke with Hella's co-workers and friends. They explained they last saw Hella around 6 p.m. on November 18th, right before a snowstorm hit. 
She came back from Europe and was carpooling with two other stewardesses. They dropped her off at her house in Newtown. And during that car ride home, she and her friends had discussed the information that she had received that Richard was found by a private investigator to have been engaged in an affair and that there were concerns about her marriage and how she would be going forward. They said Hella was very upset and was planning on divorcing Richard and taking the kids with her to Denmark. And that was the last that anyone other than Richard ever saw her alive. When her friends said they questioned Richard about Hella's whereabouts, he gave them the same different explanations that he gave to the nanny. But no one believed Hella just took off. It wasn't like Hella to simply abandon her children, not tell anybody where she was going. The information at that time was just too strange, and I just had a belief that foul play was involved. Detectives were running out of leads and feared the worst. There were no flight records. There were no credit card records. There were no bank records. Friends, employers, family, no one had heard or seen from her. You had no choice but to start thinking that, you know, at that point she was dead. The Connecticut State Police joined the investigation to help with more resources. It was a slow process that they had to work through, unlike today, where they could probably hit a few keystrokes and they'd have your entire credit history in front of them. That's when investigators uncovered their first big clue. We actually uncovered that Richard was using his credit card. And what he'd been charging gave detectives pause. Richard had bought new carpeting, a new mattress and box spring, and new bedding, sheets, pillows, and blankets. And just before the storm hit, Richard went out and crossed over into New York State and bought a large freezer and brought it back. Around the same time, he also bought a chainsaw. Detectives decided to dig a little deeper into his spending. And on December 24th, investigators made a shocking discovery. I was basically following up on leads, rereading reports, and I received a telephone call that the visa records had shown that at the same time Mr. Crafts had rented a U-Haul truck, he had also rented a commercial-grade wood chipper. This is a giant wood chipper that can eat up giant trees. And all of this took place around November 18 or 19, just about the time Hella was last seen, just at the time of the giant snowstorm. To investigators, it's a horrific realization. There was a sense of, oh my God, did he put her in the wood chipper? And they get a search warrant to search Kraft's house in Newtown. The day after Christmas, state police executed their search warrant. He was away with his children for the holiday, so it was a perfect time to go in and do the search. When I arrived, the major crime squad was there. They had gone through and documented the house, its condition, which included the bedrooms being out of order. The house was fairly disheveled. They started combing through uh, everything, looking for evidence. 
Since Richard had replaced all the bedding in their bedroom, they started there. The original furniture that was in the master bedroom had been moved. Different bed was put in there. They removed floorboards from the craft's bedroom. They did find blood between the slats of the hardwood flooring. But in 1986, DNA testing was in its infancy. The minimal amount of blood they did find tested O positive, which was the same type that Helicrafts had. They also find numerous guns and a heavy, large flashlight in the bedroom. The rest of the home didn't yield anything really of interest. But what they did find wasn't as important as what they didn't find. It seems that Richard Crafts had taken the carpet out of the bedroom that he shared with Hella. And no one really knew where it was. The other thing that was missing, which was really precarious, is a chest freezer. There is no good reason why this thing went missing. In addition, the chainsaw that Richard recently purchased was dismantled, missing the blade and chain. And there was no body. Investigators' hands were tied. Richard Krauss himself was a really, really tough cookie. He was smart. He had law enforcement background. He had the capacity to know what we would need, how we would basically do our job. There was not any evidence whatsoever that would definitively convince them that she'd been killed there. You couldn't have arrested him for murder if she wasn't declared dead. With this new information, the scope of the investigation was about to expand massively, and newspapers picked up on the wood chipper story, which ended up giving police a major break in the case. After the investigation made its way into the papers, state police got a call from authorities in nearby Southbury. One of its town snowplow drivers had come forward, saying he witnessed something odd on November 20th while he was plowing after the storm. The day after was quite cold on the 20th. The low temperature that morning was about 18 degrees, and uh, there was also some light freezing rain. But at approximately 3.30 a.m. on River Road, which would be across the river from Newtown. The Southbury plow driver observed a U-Haul truck in the area, which was towing a wood chipper. It's too much of a coincidence for detectives. And it began to push investigators to look in that area just to see, you know, what does this mean? Is it tied to us? Police went to the area where the driver said he saw the strange activity near the Housatonic River and Lake Zor. And sure enough, there's a long string of wood chips running from the road down to the banks of the river. They now have a potential crime scene. And so they set up basically an encampment and began their collection of evidence that would prove crucial to this whole thing. Now, after one week of searching at the icy lake, Investigators have found a shredded piece of cloth, Hella's mail, and human blonde hair, but still no body. They need more. They continued to move down the river, and of course, they also searched in the river. Investigators are about to finally find something crucial in the missing persons case. What they found, boy, it was worth every moment they spent. And that's when everything broke loose. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. 
Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The search for 39-year-old Hella Crafts has led investigators to the shores of Lake Zor in Newtown, Connecticut in the dead of winter. It's another piece of the investigative puzzle that points towards her husband, Richard. She disappeared. He replaced everything in the bedroom. He rented a U-Haul and a wood chipper. A plow driver, the night of this storm, he had seen a U-Haul truck towing a wood chipper. There's a missing carpet, a missing freezer, uh, a dismantled chainsaw. All investigators need now is Hella Craft's body. During the second week of their search at Lake Zor, police are still battling Mother Nature, using heaters to melt the snow and ice when they find more blonde hair and something even more disturbing. We found what appeared to be bone fragments. There were 69 of them in all that were recovered. We examined these tiny fragments of bone and determined that they were human. Investigators have a feeling these are Hella's remains, but need a positive ID and extend their search. These searchers are busting through the ice, standing in water, and reaching into the water and grabbing items and bringing them out. Challenging was an understatement. That's when they struck pay dirt. They found a partial fingertip and other skin and the partial nail on the tip of it. Thanks to the frosty weather, the fingertip has been well-preserved. It even has fingernail polish on it. The cold and the ice would have been our friend. That would have helped slow down the decomposition process. The temperature can greatly affect the quality of the biological material. So if it stays cold and stays frozen, that's a good thing. But that's not all they found. One of the really key things was a tooth fragment, and more interesting than that, it was a tooth fragment with a gold crown. All the evidence is brought to the state's forensic lab for examination while police bring in every expert they can find. The world we lived in, really, in this case, was pre-DNA, which meant we had to be really, really creative to prove that these pieces are actually the fragments of Helicrest's body. There was a fingernail that had fingernail polish on it, and so we compared that fingernail polish to fingernail polish that was in Helicraft's home. A chemical analysis shows a match. And when they examine the fingertip itself, they are able to come up with a partial print. Because she was an airline stewardess and they were required by FAA to have fingerprints on file. So that allowed yet a, another indication that this is Helicrass remains. At the lab, anthropologists noticed distinct cut marks on the bone fragments recovered, possibly from a wood chipper. We did some experimental work to generate some wood chips 
and see if the cut marks on the wood chips were consistent with the cut marks on her bone, and they were. So this began to pull everything together. They were also able to identify one of the fragments of bone as part of a skull. The bones were pushed into the brain, and we could tell that because of the way it was fractured. This begins to lock down that she's dead. You don't survive that. And a forensic dentist confirms through dental x-rays that the tooth and crown found is Hella's. She had x-rays like from every six months. So they had many pictures to compare it to. With this evidence, they can now say for sure that the remains are that of Hella Crafts and they had gone through a wood chipper. They came away with about three quarters of an ounce of human remains but there's still enough for police to declare Hella dead. They were able to get a death certificate issued that she had been murdered. I think one of the big questions about the whole wood chipper is, did the whole body go through? And there's no evidence to that at all. Principally, what we identified were hand fragments and head fragments. Those are the things that you'd want to get rid of. Now, the big question is, why aren't we finding the rest of the body? And maybe better yet, how did she die? and they still need to tie her death to Richard. Meanwhile, the search extends to the bridge with divers in the cold, icy water. They spent many cold hours in the water, uh, but what they found, boy, it was worth every moment they spent. Ultimately, one of the divers comes up with a chainsaw right below the bridge. They found the lower portion of a chainsaw. So the actual bar was missing, but the mechanical part of the chainsaw was present. They bring it to the state forensic lab for examination. And what we find is amazing. We find similar hair fragments and clothing fragments caught into the matrix of the chainsaw. And in that, we identified some material that looked like tissue, which we later tested, and it was human tissue. Although the serial number had been destroyed, experts are able to raise the metal, and it's a perfect match to the chainsaw that Richard had purchased. So now we have a direct linkage to Richard Kraft. On January 13, 1987, seven weeks after she went missing, detectives arrest Richard Kraft for the murder of his wife. As prosecutors prepare for trial, will they be able to convict? The problem was this was Connecticut's first murder case where they didn't have a body. The presentation of the case was really kind of amazing and overwhelming. When an early snowstorm hit Western Connecticut in November 1986, police believe it allowed Richard Crafts to cover his tracks after murdering his wife, Hella. The weather at the time was perfect cover for both his alibi, his removing the kids and the babysitter from the house because of the power loss due to that storm, and then going out and trying to hide the body by disposing of it through a wood chipper. It was just the perfect storm of events that allowed him to get to that point. But the weather was also Richard's undoing when he was spotted by a snowplow driver. Had we not had this freakish storm, he would not have been on River Road. He would not have seen this man with a wood chipper. And his memory was what led the police to the site to find the body in the first place. And after the storm, 
bitter cold temperatures made evidence collection extremely challenging, but it also helped police identify her. The snowstorm slowed down the rate of decomposition. It was so cold that that really didn't happen. On April 4, 1988, more than a year after his arrest, 50-year-old Richard Crafts goes on trial. Prosecutors lay out in devastating detail how Richard murdered his wife and tried to cover it up. They believe that after returning home from work and putting the children to bed, Hella turned in for the night. And she was getting ready for bed, and there was some kind of an argument. She had warned that she was going to take the kids and move back to Denmark. And I found that to be a more plausible argument for inflaming Mr. Crafts. Whatever it was, it all came to a head that night when Richard exploded in a fit of heinous violence. It has never been proved how she was actually killed, but there have been some theories. He could have used that large battery-operated flashlight, perhaps to bludgeon her. And during that argument, she was struck or assaulted, causing a large amount of blood to leave her body, saturate the bedding, the carpeting, and make its way in between the floorboards of the hardwood flooring. They say afterwards, Richard put her body in the large freezer to hide her and make it easier to dispose of. The next morning, with the power out due to the snowstorm, Richard used the opportunity to get everyone out of the house. He decides to bring his three children and the nanny to his sister's house in Westport. Now he's got his house empty. While the family was away, he could do whatever he had to do. Then there was a very, very systematic, very detailed, very well-orchestrated attempt to hide the evidence, to get rid of remains and get rid of the evidence. He probably spent a great deal of time cleaning. That day, he also rented the wood chipper and U-Haul truck and set about getting rid of Hella's body. Much of the horror uh, in the story is not so much that Hella Crafts was killed, but rather how she was disposed of by being chopped up. Prosecutors believe that sometime that day, Richard used a chainsaw to dismember Hella's body. The body would have been frozen, thus making it easier to cut up with the chainsaw. Then he put whatever pieces that could identify her through the wood chipper and dispersed them at Lake Zor. We never found anything in between the, the head and the hands and the feet. So out there someplace, but we don't know where. We never found the freezer. One of our hypotheses is that that may have been what contained the majority of Hell's remains. What struck me the most was how blank as a person you would have to be to put the mother of your children through a wood chipper. That just to this day absolutely baffles me that someone could do that to another human being. Luckily, Richard's plan failed when a snowplow driver spotted him by the lake. I think, frankly, in his mind, he had done everything right and that there wasn't going to be a possibility of connecting the dots. Fortunately, that wasn't the truth in the case. In his defense, Richard's attorneys claimed there was no way to conclusively prove the remains were Hella's, suggesting she may have just run off. Shockingly, 
the jury could not reach a unanimous vote, and the judge declares a mistrial. The following year, prosecutors take him to trial again. On September 7, 1989, a, a second trial began. They condensed their case. The same evidence largely is introduced. This time, Richard declines to take the stand, but loses on a motion because the judge allows his testimony from the previous case. Finally, on November 21st, 1989, three years almost to the day after Hella Crafts vanished, the jury finds her husband, Richard, guilty of her murder. It's the first time in Connecticut history that prosecutors won a murder conviction without a full body. He is sentenced to 50 years in prison. In early 2020, at the age of 83, Richard Crafts was released on good behavior from prison after serving 35 years. The tragedy behind Hella Crafts' death will never be forgotten by those closest to the case. You have a woman who was very young, very vibrant, very loved by her friends and co-workers, who had young children and their mother is torn away from them. Her life is cut short. And that's just tragic by any definition. And for many, it's clear, without the weather, Hella's disappearance may have remained a mystery forever. But for the weather, we would have never, ever found Hellacraft's remains. So as much as I kind of complained about the snow and the cold, truth be told, but for that storm, I, this may never have had a happy ending.